Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. podcast presented by sleeper it's wednesday october 13th this is part three of our nba season preview series i'm j.e skeets and alongside me as always we got tass mellis what's going on everybody what's up tassie back from the dead it's atlanta braves hot boy trey kirby hey yo hey yo yo the international man of mystery taking it to the vax lee ellis friend mm. And last but not least, making the magic happen is JD. Hello. There he is, and here we are. Three guys wearing the same design from the (laughs) NoDunks.com merch store. I'm talking about Tassie and Lee in the beautiful NoDunks racing t-shirt, and JD there rocking the hoodie. We didn't plan this. Everybody just felt like wearing this on a Wednesday, so uh, (laughs) go get your NoDunks merch over at NoDunks.com. How do they feel, JD? Comfortable. Oh, this is the best sweatshirt we have. I mean, I I think I say that every time, but mm. this one's <laughs> nice and light. It's yes. very very comfortable. It's it's all weather, I think, and uh, I'm <laughs> all it. weather even in Atlanta. Yeah, <laughs> even in Atlanta, yes. <laughs> oh, you guys look great, baby blue. It just really pops on all three of you guys. It really brings out your eyes. Mm. For being honest, uh, shout out to the stream team. For joining us live right now on YouTube, make sure you guys subscribe, like, comment, and share the show as we gear up for the start of the actual NBA season. Uh, Coming up in mere days, next Tuesday night is when the action gets underway. Hit us with your questions and comments. Email in your questions to nodunksattheathletic.com. We're going to start hitting the beach soon, too, I just realized. Once the season starts, we'll have our uh, episodes where we just answer your questions. So get those in. Tweet them in at nodunksinc, or you can leave them below the YouTube videos. We have reached part three here. We're halfway through, or once we're uh, halfway through this show, we're halfway through our uh, season preview series. If you missed the first two chapters, go check them out. That's what, Tass? Three hours of content just waiting for you if you haven't watched or listened to those yet. They're like an hour and a half each, I think. At least. At yeah. least three hours of content. Plus the ads, probably 310. Oh, I don't yes. know. <laughs> That's right. I mean, the, the, the ads. ads are content. Live reads are back. You can call that content. Yeah. JD, do we got live ad reads in today's show, or are these canned? <laughs> yeah, these will be canned. Oh. These will be canned. You know, some yeah. sometimes people don't get catch them live, so we want to we wanna give the folks a chance to <laughs> experience... <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> nice spin to that. Very nice. Uh, the real reason is we just get a little lazy, maybe. Who wants to keep reading those same ad reads all week long? Okay. Uh, let's get to our first question here, part three. Uh, we talked about the Western Conference and, and who are the favorites to win that, maybe in the regular season and then to uh, roll through the playoffs. But today, Tass, we got the Eastern Conference. So uh, that's the first cue for you, my man. And we can eventually get to the odds. I did pull those. But who wins the East, uh, according to Tass Mellis? Where are you going? It is the Brooklyn Nets. It's them. And I, I, you know, I hate just being that simplistic about it, but 
the Milwaukee Bucks would not have won the NBA Finals if the Nets were healthy in the postseason last year. They had a healthy KD and half a Harden when that series <laughs> was, was over. And if it wasn't for KD's uh, passion for large shoes, then maybe the Brooklyn Nets win because he had his toe on the line to send that game to overtime. Could have been a game winner. Now, it went seven games with the eventual champs and no Kyrie for several of those games. So I don't even think this Kyrie Irving uh, scenario would play a factor. The Nets are the best team. They were the second seed last year. Their big three played eight games together during the regular season. Eight. And so they're far better going into this season. They had the best offense in the freaking NBA last year. Again, with those guys playing eight games. So how can you say it's any team uh, but the Nets? So uh, those guys didn't play the full season last year. Durant played less than half the season. Harden just played just over half the season. And and Kyrie, uh, I think, missed about 18 games when, when all was said and done. Um, but in coming into this year, Harden is in better shape. He said it's scary season for the rest of the league. He's not partying anymore. It's him and KD to lead the way. With the best shooter in the game, Joe Harris had the highest three-point percentage in the game. And then healthier guys, LaMarcus Aldridge is back. Uh, Blake Griffin is there for a full season. Paul Millsap is there. Patty Mills. How many open shots is Patty Mills going to get playing with this team? If you remember in the postseason, when they took the Bucks to seven games, Kem Durant had to create absolutely everything for that offense. So Patty Mills subs in for Landry Shamit. Patty Mills can make things happen on the offensive end, just like he did for FIBA basketball, right, Lee? I mean, that... That sort of uh, dynamic there, they didn't have that. This team is better. Javon Carter, even, as a backup uh, point guard to pressure the ball. They got James Johnson. They're going to try and throw at Yanis. I probably mentioned like 10 guys there. So that's that's a way deeper team. Mm. And and even if Kyrie Irving isn't there, which we saw the uh, the athletic Shamsharanya drop the report that Kyrie Irving uh, is not going to be with the team, as we talked about yesterday, uh, until he gets vaccinated. And uh, in this report, he said he's not anti-vaccine. Um, so I kind of would expect him to come back. We saw last year, he said he wasn't going to talk to the media. Eventually, he talked to the media. I would think that uh, he will eventually get the vaccine. And, and I think with, with Kyrie and his teammates, you kind of expect these sort of things where he's not going to be around to happen. Uh, it happened in, in Cleveland where uh, he didn't talk to his teammates for extended periods. Periods They won a title with LeBron James. Uh, it is really unfortunate that he hasn't taken the vaccine. I can understand there's people in the U.S. Uh, that have hesitancy, that don't believe uh, what governments say, what governmental associations say. But they, those people are reading misinformation and reading the wrong information. Kyrie Irving has access to all of the experts and all the correct information. And so I would expect uh, him to come around and and to to be vocal about his decision, because he should be, because he knows exactly what he should be doing right now. And uh, either way, though, on the basketball floor, if he's not, I still think the Brooklyn Nets are the friggin' <laughs> the favorites by far. And it, it, it sounds nuts to say that, but if you look at what happened last year, again, barely playing with each other, being a two seed, and all that, and now being an even stronger, deeper team, yeah, they're the favorites. Yeah, Vegas agrees with you. I mean, here are the uh, Eastern Conference odds. They are by far the favorites to uh, come out of the East, followed by the Bucks there, then the Sixers, Heat, Hawks, and Celtics. Uh, Trey, what do you think? Does Tass uh, make some great points here? Kyrie or no Kyrie, it doesn't really matter to the Brooklyn Nets' chances to win the Eastern Conference, or is that uh, disrespectful to the Milwaukee Bucks? 
My good friend Tass Mellis always makes a great point, and he's exactly right. The best time to beat a super team is in year one before they can get all of these low-cost veterans that are really going to help out because this is somehow the deepest team in the NBA right now. Even if Kyrie doesn't play a single game this season, I'm with Tass. I don't think that they would be such a huge favorite in the Eastern Conference without Kyrie, but as it stands, Kevin Durant and James Harden, that's two MVPs right there. Not to mention you've got like every all-star power forward from the Western Conference over the past 10 seasons. Like how did they get LaMarcus Aldridge and Blake Griffin and Paul Millsap? We were all excited for Patty Mills as a signing way back when. James Johnson will help. Nicholas Claxton had big minutes last year. Joe Harris best shooter in the league, like Tass is saying, and assuming they can stay somewhat healthy, uh, you just have to think that the continuity of actually playing together a little bit last season and maybe getting to share the court some more together this year will be big uh, for the Nets. I think that they're going to be incredible on offense, obviously, and as we saw in the playoffs, they can turn the defense up a little bit when they need it, Mm -hmm. at least to a respectable level um, to be competing against the Milwaukee Bucks. Sure, the Bucks, I think... uh, Accepting Kyrie, if Kyrie's not playing, I think the Bucks and the Nets are going to be very even uh, team-wise. And it, over the course of the past couple of seasons, you would say the players on the Bucks have stayed healthier in general than the Nets have. Um, so, you know, no Kyrie evens the playing field a little bit here, but the Nets have a ton of depth at the top. They've got three stars, two of which we know will be playing. And then from there, they've got another 10 or 12 guys who can contribute. So, yeah, I think the Nets are still sitting pretty even without Kyrie. Lee, what do you think, uh, and I don't think we need to do 15 or 20 minutes on it because we did uh, touch on it yesterday when we had the sort of the breaking news there coming from the Nets and Sean Marks with the release and all that, but two parts. One, do you agree with Tass that maybe this is the first step uh, with Sean's re- you know, report by, from sources from Kyrie's camp? This is the first step to Kyrie returning. And two, do you like how the Nets have handled this and saying, we're not going to do a part-time player thing here, man. You're either in on this team or you're not. And to be in on this team in this state, by the rules from the government, you have to be vaccinated. Um, What do you think to both of those questions? Yeah, Sean Marks and Joseph Ty got it right there because you can't have a guy who can easily fix this situation by just getting the vaccine. But if he doesn't want to do that, then he is limiting his availability to the team. And the team has to sort of draw a line in the sand and say, man, just get the vaccine. It's safe. Whatever you're reading, that misinformation, forget about it. Go and take the vaccine and then you can play and we forget about it and we move on. All throughout the season, any team, as the Nets know as well as anybody last season, injuries are going to be a part of it and players are going to miss time, as we saw with Durant and Harden in the playoffs. Uh, Well, you know, Durant through the season and then Harden and Kyrie in the playoffs. So it's going to be a factor at some point. They don't need an added layer of unnecessary, you know, a player missing time for something that is easily resolved. So I, I, I admire and applaud Sean Marks for taking that approach and saying, if you're not going to be in all the way, then you're not in at all. And uh, now the ball is in Kyrie's court. Um, and, you know, he said God's protecting him. I think God said, hey, I've got enough on my plate. Here's a vaccine. You take that and you take care of yourself. So that's what I think uh, they need to do. That's it, it's That should be the, the, the way it is through the league. If you're not going to buy in fully, then you're out. So, yeah, this is, this is absolutely the right move by the Nets. What does this all say about... The Milwaukee Bucks, again, I want to go back to them. They're the defending champs. And yeah, it was a close series, but Giannis went to the next level. Uh, You know, Middleton and Drew had, you know, at times some questionable games, but at other times looked like incredible, you know, second and third stars on that squad behind Giannis. They're still deep. They really have only lost who? P.J. Tucker, who was, you know, important to them, but it wasn't like he was a... 
locking up Kevin Durant in that series. You know, Bobby Portis back on an unbelievable deal. And they just have that probably that that no no Budenholzer, you know, cloud hanging over them and all that. Oh, if he comes up short, he's gone. And where do we go then? And Giannis is signed. He's there long term. It's like they should be so loose, Tass, in a good way. Uh, and and confident that they can hang and beat anybody. I, I mean, I think I, I get with all you're saying with the Nets. I mean, look, look Harden and KD alone, whether Kyrie's... Kyrie, by the way, averaged like 27, 7, and 5 on 50, 40, 90s. Like, he was amazing when he played. So he's an important piece, but those two guys are that good, Harden and KD. I still like the Bucks, though. I, I, I'm not writing them off just because of the Nets, you know, yeah, top-loaded talent. You can't at all. Especially with Giannis you know, appearing in the finals to really go to a next level. I think that's that's something that could just carry over again with that, you know, that championship sort of monkey off your back. Yeah, and I don't think they were playing their best basketball against the Brooklyn Nets. I think it, Fair. it picked up uh, against the Atlanta Hawks. Even when Giannis went out, uh, they became more of a family. They became more of a fast and the furious when Giannis went out and, and Drew Holiday and Brooke Lopez and Chris Middleton had to take on bigger roles. Mm-hmm. Then Giannis came back playing on half a leg and... Uh, yeah, I think I finished uh, the finals with a 50-point game. I, I think that experience, uh, you know, if, if, if we look back to those uh, Miami Heat teams in the early 2010s, uh, Chris Bosh went out, they somehow rallied, he came back, he played the five. You know, some, some adverse, adversity kind of gets teams to their, their best level. And I think that's what happened with the Milwaukee Bucks. They are at their best level, no doubt. Um, but I think you can look back to those 2010 teams and look at uh, sort of what Trey was saying there, year one, it was really, really difficult for those Miami Heat teams to build around their stars. They ended up losing in the finals to the Dallas Mavericks in year one. Year two, they found a way to get enough role players to go and win the thing. And uh, it would sure help if uh, the Brooklyn superstars uh, were healthy as well. I, I, you know, it, that's, that's a big part of it. I mean, the Bucks are very good, but um, you've got three MVPs. or yeah, uh, a, a lot of MVP action there with the, the Brooklyn Nets. Um, so many, so 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 much talent uh, on their front line that they could lose one of those guys and still be that good. And uh, you know, Aldridge and, and Millsap, I know they're you know past their primes, uh, but I think you can look at those guys. And even though I think we we we've asked the question before, twenty years from now, who are two guys you'll forget about that were really great players in the league? Well, they got both of them: Lamarcus Aldridge <laughs> and Paul Millsap. Uh, oh, those right. those two guys, you know. F- uh, how many All Star appearances between them? Eleven, um, but but they're they're just perfect role players for this team. Mm-hmm. And they are are so stacked. So yeah, they've improved greatly. I mean, how many positions? Those guys like a healthier Lamarcus Aldridge. I think Javon Carter's gonna gonna uh, play a factor. And Nick Claxton, as Trey said, look, those guys, they're just they're, yeah. They're, but they're, if they're you, deeper uh, than if the you take you know, the Kyrie out of the equation. Good, but, yeah, if you take deep. Kyrie out of the the equation though, and you just line it up like your best three against our best three, I think it's a lot closer than maybe we're uh, leading some to believe. In the sense that it's like, who's the third best Nets player in this scenario? Is it Joe Harris? It's not Probably. Aldridge or Millsap or Blake Griffin no, at this no, point. No, yeah, no. okay, so it's Joe Harris. Okay, KD, Harden, Joe Harris. Good, good. But then Giannis, Middleton, and Drew Holiday. I, that's close to me. Uh, oh yeah, and the Bucks will in a playoff series. The Bucks are going to have Giannis and the. Nets still don't have an answer for Giannis, no matter no matter how many power forwards they bring in. Like Aldridge, if he is healthy come playoff time, it'll be nice to have a little bit bigger of a guy than Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin, great effort last year defensively against uh, Giannis, but 
you know, Giannis is Giannis. And there's a reason why he won two MVPs and he's still got a couple of inches on basically all those guys or the speed and the strength. So that's going to be the battle uh, for the Nets and the Bucks is who can, who can assert their dominance, really? Like if it's Giannis dominating inside, you're looking at the Bucks, And if it's uh, all the perimeter guys, no doubt you're looking at the Nets. Final question I think is this. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Lee. Oh, I, just, I was just going to say, like, I think, though, you are actually going to see these two teams really competing down to the wire for that number one seed, though, because I think it is really important. The Bucks lost one game at home in the playoffs last season. That was game one to the Atlanta Hawks. And remember game three against the Nets there. I mean, that series was on the line less than a minute to go, and the Bucks pulled it out. And that sort of got them going again. So I don't think they want to be in that same position they were last season where they had to overcome home court advantage against them twice, against the Nets and then against the, uh, the Phoenix Suns in the final. So I think if you are the Bucs, it's like, you know, these teams experience teams, they like, we don't want to go full throttle during the regular season, but we also want to see if we can lock up that home court because it could just be the difference mm-hmm. in a series against the Brooklyn Nets. They survived that game seven, incredible game seven there in Brooklyn. But other than that, I think you would rather obviously have that game one and game seven on your own, ho- on your own court. Starts game one, opening night. My, my final cue with this is... Two years ago, the Heat sort of came out of nowhere in the bubble and surprised everybody going to the finals. Last year, I think it's safe to say the Suns sort of did the same. They had a great regular season, don't get me wrong, but then, you know, suddenly they're in the finals. 99% people think it's Bucks or Nets representing the Eastern Conference. But if you had to pick sort of a wild card team, Trey, who would you go with? Who could you, like, talk yourself into being, again, maybe the, uh, the, the shocking team from the East? Would you still consider the Heat a wild card team after yeah. they had a finals appearance a yeah. couple of years ago? They got smacked by the Bucks, obviously, last year in round one, added Kyle Lowry, the biggest free agent move of the offseason. But I think they're still the team that you look at. I imagine the Heat will have maybe a disappointing regular season compared to the expectations coming here because they're not a super deep team. Tass was talking about Max Struess potentially going into the dunk contest last year. It seems like he will probably get some minutes this year, likely Gabe Vincent as well. But when you're playing in a playoff series and it's more like you only need seven guys, then the heat will really shine. And if the matchups fall the right way, I can certainly see Miami making another run this year. All right, our next question. Favorite over or under win total bet? You can go either way with this one, uh, Lili. You can say, well, look at the line for this team. Hit the over. Or look at the line for this team. This team's going to stink. Hit the under. Uh, I don't know if you've got a, a couple that you like, Lee. Let, let's make some money here, though. What do you okay, got? okay. I'll stay, start with the one that I think is an absolute lock. And oh <laughs> the New Orleans Pelicans, uh, their win-loss total is 39 and a half. Now, Zion Williamson isn't even running at the moment. The regular season starts next week. Uh, If he's back before Thanksgiving and 100%, I will be shocked. And for that reason, I really do think the Pelicans are in trouble here. They they do not have a super deep roster. Their second best player is probably Valanciunas and then maybe Devontae Graham after that, who they picked up in the offseason. They, this is a massive season for the Pelicans. They've got a brand new coach as well in Willie Green. Uh, Dave Griffin, you know, he, he must be feeling a little bit of pressure right now because Zion's obviously into his third season here. 
Um, they want to keep... We're already hearing the sort of whispers about his connections to the, the New York Knicks. Now, Zion said he loves New Orleans. Of course, he did. Someone said, make sure you say that. But if he doesn't come back, and again, he's got a, he's coming off a, a foot surgery here, and he's not running a week before the season. He's a big guy. He's a strong, heavy guy. But I think it's going to take him a long time to get back to real solid game shape there. And I just look at that roster. They're in the Western Conference as well. I think you are going to cash in heavily if you smash the under there for the Pelicans. I, I think they'll be right now with everything we know and the, and the prognosis on Zion. If they get to 30 wins, I think that's going to be a, a good season for them right now. I just I was looking at their roster this morning, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. It's kind of worse than I thought. So, um, And, again, they're in the West. It's a tough, tougher right. place to play there. Ing- oh, sorry, Ingram. I, I, I overlooked Ingram there. You know, he, He's obviously uh, you know, been an all-star. He's a good player, but not sure he can carry that team uh, too much without Zion there. So if you want to make some money, I would take that 39 to get them to 500, basically what they're saying in Vegas. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen right now. Okay. Just before you give us another one, what do you think, Tass, about that? Well, I think the roster is better than your leading on lead, but without Zion Williamson there, then yeah. <laughs> I mean, everything goes uh, points, points to under 39.5. I'll say... David Griffin, uh, he's got some magician in him. He's, he, he can he can he can play a little Houdini. He can he can play some tricks. September twenty seventh, he came in a media day and said, "Oh yeah, Zion Williamson had surgery in the off season. He'll be fine. Opening night, he'll be good to go." And uh, it looks like there's no possible way. You say Thanksgivingly, yeah, it's it's going to be November. The guy's not running at this point. So uh, you know they, they they kind of have have. Uh, put fans in the dark there in, in New Orleans. You know, the lack of transparency for for what? I, I, I don't really get. I, I think uh, it, it just kind of, uh, it's just going to have Pelicans fans asking questions. This was a total mystery that he had foot surgery in the offseason. He heard it before summer league, so that was August. They kept it under wraps. Uh, and Griffin said he would be good to go for the regular season. Now, I'm a believer. Uh, further down the roster, I, I know that it, it looked... It looked bleak trading Eric Bledsoe and Steven Adams for Jonas Valanciunas, but I, I do think they have some depth in Nikhil Alexander-Walker and Devontae Graham that, that would make sense around you know, a superstar in Zion Williamson. He can get to that level, but if they don't have the superstar, then what are we talking about here? Yeah, I, I would. It, it, it's bleak because you don't know when he's coming back, especially with the way the Pelicans have handled it the last few weeks. I would imagine the reason they kept Pelicans fans in the dark about Zion Williamson's foot injury is to sell some season tickets. Uh, come on out, come on down, yeah. and watch your Pelicans play. Uh, not knowing that Zion may or may not be there for the uh, start of it. Who knows? I, I'm guessing here. Uh, Trey, anything to add to the Pelicans line there? Are you a f- are you with these guys that you, if you had to pick one or the other, you're you're probably going under thirty nine and a half. With the Zion yeah. absence at the beginning of the season, I think you got to go under here. 41 wins would be an incredible season for the Pelicans. If they can get to 500, you're you're loving the over there, but it's going to be tough without their best guy. Okay, back to you, Lee. What else you got? Yeah, well, I'm going to be a little bit more positive here, and we just sort of talked about the Eastern Conference. The Bucks are only 54 and a half. Give me the over. I think they're definitely going to win more than 55 games this season, or at least 55 games, because as I said, you know, home court advantage for experienced teams like LeBron has done in the past, and like the Warriors have done after their 73 and nine season, they know that that's not necessarily what you're competing for. But in the East, I think it is important to at least make sure that come those last sort of 10 to 15 games of the season, if it does become a 
a factor, you're going to have to go for it. So I think the Bucks are going to be a lot closer to 60 wins. Again, assuming health, but you know, as long as they got Giannis out there, and Giannis we saw gets injured against the Atlanta Hawks last season in the playoffs, and we wondered, wow, is he going to be able to come back? And he comes back and puts up an incredible series against the Phoenix Suns. So uh, I think the Bucks are clearly going to get over 54 and a half wins. Give me much closer to 60 wins. I think there's some easy money to be made there. Oh, look at this guy. <laughs> just this was my pick as well. It. All right. Yeah, 100%. 54 and a half. That is crazy. These guys are the NBA champions and somehow still being slept on. They played at a 52-win pace last season during a year when they were experimenting with a whole bunch of new defenses and trying to integrate Drew Holiday into their lineup. 60-plus wins the two years prior uh, to 2020. Their big three are pretty reliable at this point. You know, we mentioned Dante DiVincenzo. He's gone down with an injury, but they have a replacement in Grayson Allen. So I'm thinking the Bucs are going to be probably the one seed in the Eastern Conference, especially now that we know Kyrie's not going to be starting the season with the Nets. Yeah, and I guess you could, like, maybe be concerned of, like, well, they're defending champs. They, they can play the long game here. Maybe they'll rest Giannis. Maybe they'll rest Middleton. I, I, they sort of find their rest in games. Uh, where Budenholzer has been sort of like criticized before, right? Like, why aren't you playing Giannis uh, more minutes and stuff like that? But they do this thing where they can build leads and have a deep enough team that they're like, well, he's going to play, but he's only going to play, you know, 35 minutes tonight, 34 minutes, something like that. Um, so maybe they'll uh, continue to do that. I like it too. I would hit the over on that. I, I think that is a little too low for, for Milwaukee. 55 wins yeah. at, at the minimum. I mean, back into an 82 of, game season for sure. Yeah, it that yeah. Seems, seems wild that they wouldn't be flirting with 60. I'm with you guys. Um, Tass, let's go to you next, though. You got an over under you like? <sighs> you guys are so confident in your picks. I'm lacking a little confidence in oh. mine, but uh, I, I think the Boston Celtics at 45 and a half, they're, they're going to bounce back. I see the over there. They were a, a decent team last year, 10th in defense, four, or sorry, 10th in offense, 14th in defense, outscoring their opponents by a point and a half. Ended up at 500. Uh, I, I think uh, those numbers show you that they're a better than a 500 team. That would lead to more wins. And so uh, a 46-win team is a little high, but I think Kemba Walker leaving the team, um, there might be just a little bit more better balance. Not that they're better, but last season Tatum was 23.5 points per 36 minutes with Walker on the court, but he was a scorcher with Kemba off the court, 28.7 points, so an extra five per 36 minutes. So uh, that leads me to believe that there just might be better balance with Marcus Smart at the point guard spot. Uh, Al Horford is now back. Robert Williams, uh, a growth year for him. Now a couple of their guys have contracted uh, the coronavirus real or early in the preseason. Jalen Brown uh, being the, the big one, also Al Horford. Uh, but I kind of just believe in Ime Udoka as their head coach. He wants to move the ball more, and I think they're going to buy into that. And they're just they're a better team than than that 500 record uh, because the numbers show it. And uh, I, I think uh, they'll sort of just be on the, the same page again. Jason Tatum missed a, a chunk of the year last year, so. That won't happen again, hopefully, uh, for him. And uh, they, I, I, I think they're they're a cohesive unit. And uh, the Eastern Conference, there's some wins to be had there. So I think they can get a 46-47 win season. I'm with you on that one. I love the Celtics over. I feel like the Celtics are not being talked about at all heading into this season. Like, very, very minimal. Um, I'm with Hollinger. He said, it's weird to think that their bad luck like with opponent shooting and just losing close games would continue for a second year too. They uh, lost a lot of close games. They, a lot of people called them soft last year. So maybe Yudoka does give them a little bit more of a, um, 
an intensity to them, uh, a little pride in that roster now. And I like, you know, well, look, I've talked about Josh Richardson before. Hopefully he helps. Juancho is there. Hernan Gomez, uh, Cantor, Schroeder, they got for nothing. Uh, and you're really just banking on Tatum and Jalen Brown being like, obviously your stars here. I think I'll take the I, I under. Think 45 and a half over. Oh, you like the under? I'll Why? take the under for the Celtics because I think their team is almost the exact same as it was last year. Jason Tatum, awesome. Jalen Brown, awesome. Still nobody gets to the line. Nobody rebounds. They don't really have a big guy who's an answer who's going to stay on the court. And you're asking for a lot from Dennis Schroeder and Al Horford, which didn't go well last year for the Thunder and the Lakers, respectively. Yeah, they, what, they were a 500 team last year, so they definitely would have to play... Uh... Play above that to hit the over. Um, of course, there's more games than there were last year. There were 36 and 36, finishing seventh. Where do you think, Lee? Uh, are you with uh, you with Trey on this one? Are you an underman on the Celtics? Or are you with Tass and I? Yeah, I'm probably more leaning towards Trey. I think on this one. Uh, I oh. think they've, well, they've got the two studs, no doubt about Brown and Tatum, both All Stars last year. They're they're phenomenal. If they can stay on the court and they stay healthy, then the Celtics are a much better team. But uh, they have had some, you know, as every team's had to deal with some injuries over the past. But other than those guys. Yeah, not convinced. I mean, basically, Al Horford came back because the Thunder just said, who wants him? And he can come back. And he didn't really, you know, he's not the same player he was. He barely played at all last season. Schroeder can be good. Al Horford, you guys can't stop talking about Aldridge, Millsap, (laughs) and Blake Griffin, but Al Horford's They're coming off the bench, though. Yeah, yeah, he could be starting Uh, at the four. I mean, they have high hopes for Robert Williams to to play. I love Robert Williams, but the guy's a foul fest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, look, he's active, no doubt about that, defending and blocking shots and all that, but uh, he needs to stay on the court. And yeah, Schroeder, I don't know, Schroeder I think is just better as a backup point guard. I don't think as, uh, you know, as a starting member, he's going to be as good as he thinks he is. I mean, he he didn't get close to getting the money he wanted. He's wearing the jersey that all the money that he missed out on there, the jersey number that he he missed out on. So, uh, I'm not sure. I I think, as I say, I think I can easily see Tatum and Brown being all-star again because they are so good I just sort of think after that there's not a whole lot of depth on that team uh, as it is right now and that's tough for a, a rookie head coach in Ume Udoka mm, Only two Beantown boys out of the four here on, uh, <laughs> on our season preview podcast. I, I like the over. I'm with Tassie on this one. Uh, Trey, what do you got your eye on though? Another team over under. Here, let me freelance one for you, Skeets, because uh, mine was the Bucks. I really like the oh, Bucks okay. over, but I'll take a Miami Heat under. They're 48 and a half right now, and I just think that they're going to take a little bit of time bringing Kyle Lowry into the lineup. Like I mentioned before, they're not a super deep team. They're going to be better in the playoffs, and uh, I don't know, you know, Jimmy Butler's a guy who will miss a little bit of time. Yeah. Kyle Lowry will miss a little bit of time, most likely, and if that's the case... The Eastern Conference has gotten pretty solid this year, so I could still see the Bucks, or uh, sorry, the Heat finishing as a top four seed, but I don't think that's necessarily a guarantee. They will be a team nobody wants to see in the playoffs, but I don't think uh, bringing Lowry in will be a super easy, I mean, I think it'll be super easy over the course of the season, but right away there's going to be a little bit of an adjustment time, a new guy who handles the ball quite a bit, and I just uh, there will be times, no doubt, when the Heat's offense disappears and maybe the defense is good enough to keep them in the game, but they don't pull it off uh, with the dub there in the end. So you had the Heat as, what, 48.5? Is that what they 48.5 is their yeah. number. Nearly a damn 50-win uh, team there. Okay, you're going under. I got one more I'll throw at you guys. Um, Raptors, I guess Raptors, it, Raptors. No, the, Rap- under. the Raptors I'm avoiding like crazy. I... I uh, I, like I, I've already said, I go back and forth between, what's their line, 37 and a half or something like that? 35 right. and a half. Th- oh, 35 and a half. Oh, man. You could just see them, like, 
I don't know. If they got off to a slow start, you could see them leaning in towards, let's just get a draft pick and let's trade Dragic and like, let's just play all the young guys and hey, let's slow play Siakam and all that. Though they could be very good too, because uh, they obviously have this very switchable defense and you got a great coach and Nick Nurse and yeah, could they win 36 games? It seems <laughs> like they could. I'm, I'm not touching that one, Tass. Uh, I will touch the Jazz. How do you touch the Jazz? <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to touch the notes. Um... I'm going to get canceled for saying I want to touch the Jazz. Uh, no, I like the Bucks. Uh, I find this line very weird. Uh, 52 and a half. The Utah Jazz are going to win over... They're going to win 53 yeah. games. They're, they are. They're like the, the, the continuity alone, they're a damn good regular season team. They are, as we've said on one of the previous podcasts, I think it was Trey, they're basically the Milwaukee Bucks of old, which was... All right, we know you're an awesome regular season team. Team, we know you're going to like flirt with 60 wins every year. Show us in the playoffs. Show us in a playoff series that you can adapt and uh, go a little bit deeper. So no one's going to care about them, like at all this year, because like, oh yeah, Jazz won again. Who cares? See it. Let's see it in April and May. Uh, but I mean, they're they had the best net rating in the league last year, top four offensive and defensive. I, I just thought they won 52 games last year in a, in a 72 game season. So you got 10 more games. I think this one's a no brainer. Uh, I don't know if I'm getting any pushback from any of you. Lee, you got a problem with that no, one? No, no, it's the same. I, I agree. They are a good regular season team. The big question for the Jazz is in the playoffs. But for this question, that doesn't matter. This is how many games can you win? And the Jazz just win a ton of games. You know, so yeah, I can easily see them getting uh, over that line uh, because that's what they do. The big question is, will that, you know, change come playoff time? But uh right. They're a very good team, well coached. They've got the balance, the depth, the defense, the home court, all those factors that make you just pile up wins in the regular season. Yeah. Here's uh, one way you touch jazz, Skeets. Sure. This is uh, one of your favorite films <laughs> oh, of yeah. all time, as you yeah, said. That's you touch jazz. <laughs> yeah, Pau Gasol and, and Tim Duncan. Pau on the sax. Looks like an alto sax in his hands. I don't know, could be a tenor. And uh, Timmy? Yep. Is that a bass or is it cello? Cello. I don't know. Zach Cox used to play that, I believe. JD, you want to jump in here? What is this? Just a what do we got there? Yeah, that's a bass, I would say. Imagine oh, lugging bass. that around yeah. at school. Yeah. Oh, I did. Uh, oh. In, what? In, yeah, I played. Uh, I played that in grade nine. I uh, had to ride the subway and a streetcar. Oh my god! With that thing back and forth. Oh, brutal. Did you make a few bucks, though, like busking on the, uh, <laughs> on the subway? Yeah. yeah, no one was interested in hearing me play the bass on a crowded streetcar for some reason. Oh, surprising. I mean, yeah. I, I was always envious. I played, like, one year, I played the trombone. And I remember looking at the trumpet players and being like, ah, oh, God, they got it right. You know, yeah. look how tiny that thing is. You can basically put it in a knapsack. And yeah, the trombone's not even that big compared to the, uh, no. the bass cello there or whatever. I yeah. mean, it's pretty... It's pretty light, I guess, but oh, yeah. The trombone? Yeah, it's light. No, no, no. The bass is. Oh, well. the. Oh, it's, it's wood. That's light? It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's hollow, hollow oh. right? Like, you know. I didn't know that. You can put your books in it? Well, no. No, <laughs> that's not advisable. Not advisable. <laughs> that's, right. that's why you subscribe to our YouTube channel to see photos like Pow. That is an, an yeah. iconic, like, just. Uh, blog photo really is what mm-hmm. I think of that. That was the blog days when that was going around. <laughs> yeah, no, great. Does pick. anybody know who made this photo? Yeah, I, somebody tweeted like, as I, you're right, Tass. I, I I've been tweeting this over the last couple of months because of Pau Gasol retiring, and, yeah, and he retweeted did... it once upon a time. Yeah, well. he loves. Oh this photo. yeah, um, 
Trey, help me out. Is there like a Clintonite 33 or something like that? Does that sound? There is. There is. I I think think he made that. I think somebody tweeted that at me. Clintonite. Yeah. There you go. It's impressive. Clintonite. Uh, Clintonite 33 on Twitter. Lee, uh, did you play any instruments? I did play the recorder. Uh, I took about three lessons of the keyboard as well. That didn't go all that well. Uh, And I tried the guitar as well. I tried the acoustic. Just don't have the fingers for it. That's all. That's just just not there, you know, because I'm trying to play, you know, one part of it and then I'm trying to get the fingers going. I couldn't get them to coordinate. So, uh, yeah, unfortunately, being a rocker was not in my uh, DNA there. So, uh, disappointing. Disappointing. I love the acoustic guitar, but just can't play it. Blame <laughs> I've got the fingers. Yeah, I've got one still in the closet behind oh, yeah. me that Matty O left me. I can pass it on to you if you want. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nah, I mean, you know, my old mate Dan Mouse as well, old Eight Toes' brother, he picked up the guitar so What's easily. What's his name? Hold on. What's Dan, his Dan. Dan Mouse? Mouse, yeah. Their last name's Mousley. Uh, he picked up the guitar so, <laughs> so his easily. his last name's Mousley, not yeah, Mouse. Yeah, But he picked it up so easily, and I was like, oh, my God, he just, like, he's a natural. So I thought I'd be the same, but nah, wasn't to be. So, uh, yeah. I Having found, heard you sing, I'm shocked that you know, that's the case. Well, you know what? I actually found a guitar one night. Um, it was at the, uh, it was in Brighton in England in 2002, when Fatboy Slim played this massive concert on Brighton Beach, 250,000 people were there, only expecting 60,000. Shut down the whole city because people were just flooding the city. And I right, found an acoustic... Come on, come on. <laughs> so I found an acoustic guitar and I was walking around. And you know that song by um, uh, what, what, uh, Extreme? Fatboy Slim? No, yeah. you know that song by Extreme? Right about <laughs> now. <laughs> more than words. <laughs> yeah, more than words. Yeah. I started playing that because it's just like, you know, you strum and then hit the guitar, strum and hit the guitar. And I started playing that and just singing along. And people came along and it was like joining in. Like It was like, for a brief minute, for a brief <laughs> minute. I know, 250,000 people, eyes on me. For literally like 60 to 90 seconds, people thought I was actually playing the song. Because it was like, you know, just, saying I love you is not the words I But wait, hold on. You weren't playing chords from. or anything. No, I was just, just strum, stop, strum, stop. like Because that, that's how it sounds if you watch the video. That's all they're doing. Max so, strum. Listen, playing it's like band. 2 o'clock in the morning. Everyone's drunk. Everyone's high off right. their heads on, right. uh, on on ecstasy there in uh, Brighton. And if people are just like, oh, this guy seems to be knowing what he's He's got a guitar. I mean, he brings a guitar to the beach. <laughs> I want to be there that that 60 seconds in when everyone starts to realize, oh, this guy doesn't know how to play the guitar. Yeah, Yeah, well, I got a request from someone. He wanted me to, he could tell us Australian, he wanted me to play a Hunters and Collectors song. And I was like, no, my cover's blown, man. I can't play anything. (laughs) That's when your cover was blown. As always, I'm so glad that I just come to you and ask you, did you ever play an instrument? And we somehow end up with that story. Amazing. Okay, we're going to take our first break. Uh, Still tons of questions here. Part three of our NBA season preview series. We'll be right back. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the Internet now. Oh, sure. Next, you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. All right, back with No Dunks, part three of our NBA season preview series. Uh, saw in the stream team here during the ad break from Ben. He says he's a little behind on the live feed, but shout out to Trey's corduroy upper deck themed hat. I happen to also be wearing a corduroy hat as I watch. Corduroy, recognize corduroy. <laughs> <laughs> totally. It's corduroy hat season. Once uh, once the calendar turns to October, put some cords on your head and warm up that dome. Mm. You didn't play chords on the beach, but you got chords on the head. Lee, Lee, Lee's strumming the guitar with his corduroy hat. Like, I just put up a photo. This is what it was like that night there in Brighton. Now, this is not one of mine. I had to Google it. I've got a photo somewhere. But look at how many people were jammed in there to see old... Uh, Norman Cook there, 250,000 people. <laughs> Old Norman Cook. Yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, even the boats have come in to see him. Great night. What a really great night. Oh, yeah. awesome night, yeah. Perfect night. I can't believe you can remember it with all that ecstasy. <laughs> no, I didn't touch it. I don't, I've never touched ecstasy, but, uh, you know, we had a few drinks, but, um, yeah. Come on, mate, it's fun. You touch some ecstasy, you touch the jazz, you're living the life. Okay, uh, let's get back to the questions. We got another awards prediction here. I, I, I find these get a little more difficult because we've already done MVP. We did Rookie of the Year. Now we're into Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, Trey... What's your best guess? Is it as simple as Rudy Gobert winning his fourth, uh, which would tie him with Ben Wallace and Dikembe Mutombo for the most all time? Um, is that right? Is Dwight, Dwight only has three, right? Yeah. Um, or yeah. is it somebody else? What do you think, Trey? I think it's somebody else. New season, new winner, new year, new me. I got to talk about defense. Anthony Davis winning defensive player mm. of the year this year. I feel like I've picked him at least twice before. Hasn't come through yet, but this... This is the year because yep. Anthony Davis needs to be special on defense for the Lakers to be at the level they want to be. As we know, he says he's going to be playing the five and that's going to unlock him defensively to do the things he's best at. Guard the rim and make plays out on the perimeter. When the Lakers won the title, they were a top five defense. And to be a title contending team, they're going to need to be a top five defense as well. As we know, the perimeter defense now is not the same that it was in 2020. So there are going to be a lot more mistakes to clean up, which means Anthony Davis will have a lot more to do. And I think he's up to it. He didn't have a great season last year. I feel like coming into uh, early in the season, once it started in December, he was um, just in a little bit of slacking mode, you know, kind of taking taking it easy to start the year. And the Lakers just never recovered. He eventually went down with an injury, but now they've got a lot to prove this year. So give me AD winning his first DPOY. I like that pick, too. Um, he's made it clear he wants to win this, at least in the past. It was sort of like on his little list of things he wanted to accomplish. The, the one difficult part is they did have a great defense still last year. Amazingly, they were the best defensive rating team in the league. But now no KCP and no Caruso and like injuries to Horton Tucker and Ariza to some extent, like wing guys. If they remain the best defensive team in the league because of a great system uh, that Vogel has in place, I'm with you. I could see AD getting a, a lot of the credit and probably deservedly so, especially if he's playing in the five. But they have to remain probably still a top three yeah. defensive team. And I guess it's in play. Um, Tass, where do you go with this one? AD, Gobert, somebody else? And I'll throw up the odds here too, Tass, if you want to take a look at them and make some money for the people out there. <laughs> 
What do you got? Oh, I'm not very good at uh, prognosticating defensive players of the year. I, I, I think it's uh, it's hard. I, I tend to go towards a big, uh, mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, and uh, I, I like the narrative to, 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 to back because I think it really just it helps somebody win it. So if Anthony Davis can have the Lakers up close to the top after they've lost a couple of their, their good perimeter players in Caruso and KCP, he's got a great narrative mm-hmm. for sure. And uh, he, he has already been sort of around the top uh, the last couple of years. He definitely wants to win it. And so I, I like that pick. And I think it will be sort of a theme around the league that guys who had bad years last year or you know subpar years for them will bounce back. And I think Anthony Davis will be focused on that. A lot of guys now have a real offseason. The Lakers didn't have mm-hmm. one last year. As we said, it was two days ago last year that they won the 2020 title. What? Uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's just it's, it's a mind boggler there uh, that it doesn't really make sense. Uh, so I, I think that this offseason really will help Anthony Davis. Will they have a good defense, though, with Russell Westbrook right. being the quarterback of that D? Uh, if, I, I, it's, hard, it's really hard to imagine uh, the guys who are going to come in like Malik Monk and and Kendrick Nunn Mello. be able to slow <laughs> slow guys down on the perimeter. And then, yeah, when it gets to like a, a Mello or Ariza, I don't know. It's the power of LeBron and Anthony Davis, though. If Anthony Davis gets guys in line, maybe they will. Dennis Schroeder was that guy last year as the, the first guy, the line of defense. But then, yeah, he had KCP and Crusoe to back him up. So, yeah, if Anthony Davis can somehow get these guys, even it doesn't have to be the best defense, but brings them, you know, top three, top four. Then, yeah, I could see him winning it for sure. Okay, two votes for Anthony Davis for DPOI. Where are you going, Lee? Uh, I've been burned by Anthony Davis a couple of years, so I'm off the wagon for him. He, he is a great individual defender, but I am a little concerned about that Lakers defense this season. I actually think Giannis could win it again. Mm. I think uh, he's an incredible two-way player. He goes after every shot. He has such an impact on that Milwaukee Bucks defense. He's a great shot blocker. He creates a lot of steals. He gets the rebounds. Uh, and the Bucks defense, I think they finished seventh last season. I expect them to probably improve a little bit more that and uh, he's just uh, you know he's already won this award so he's been there we know he can do it um, and I think he again assuming health I think he'll be right up there in contention I think obviously Ben Simmons who finished second last season we have no idea what his status will be and where he's playing I don't think he's going to be just that high this season Miles Turner that's uh, he, he's a good shot blocker and stuff I don't think he's a great individual defender but he gets those defensive stats and then you've got someone like Embiid who was also very good there last season but uh, I like Giannis there at plus a thousand and I think that's pretty good odds for a guy who has won this before. He's still very much in his prime. He's super athletic. He gets dunked on a bit, but that's because he's always contesting shots and he's always there around the rim. So uh, I like Giannis out of those. I will say Matisse Thybul, his Olympics for Australia were incredible defensively. I don't think he's got enough to win the award in the NBA, but uh, I certainly expect to see Matisse Tybal get a lot more recognition for mm-hmm. his defensive contributions. If he can he knock made down... all, all defensive second team last year. He played 20 minutes a game. Yeah, he's, that, um, he's that good on that end yeah. of the floor. Yeah. If he can hit down and not start knocking down shots consistently for the uh, Sixers, you could see there could be some MIP buzz for someone like him because uh, he, he's very, very good defensively, great at reading lanes, great individual defender, uh, and a very good shot blocker and steals guy. So he's got all the tools. He just needs to be able to stay on the floor for a little bit longer than just 20 minutes. Uh, give me Rudy Gobert as my official pick. <laughs> I just won't overthink Smart. it because uh, they should still be one of the best defensive teams in the league, and and uh, he's a big part of that. Draymond Green is fascinating to me. Um, you know, if the Warriors surprise some people, they were a top five defensive unit last year. You look at that roster, you're like sort of like 
huh? How? I mean, he's a huge instrumental part. He's like that KG where he's just like letting everybody know where they should be. So I can see him getting some buzz. I think Joel Embiid, of course, is in the mix. Bam out of bio. And then maybe, I think it's more difficult for a wing guy to do it. OG Ananobi is is maybe a possibility if the Raptors um, do have an elite uh, defense and and he would be a a big reason why, though that's going to be sort of like a five-guy defensive unit, but someone's got to get the credit, so he'd be a wild card. But I'm going to go Rudy. Uh, I won't overthink it. Let's hear from everybody in the stream team. Let us know your defensive player of the year picks in the YouTube comments. Maybe somebody we haven't named yet uh, because with this award, it does feel... I don't know. It just always feels like it's like the same four or five guys. It has been at least the last couple of years. No Kawhi right now because of his injury, mm-hmm. but it is Ben. It's Embiid. It's Rudy. It's Bam. Yeah, Miles Turner is always in the mix there because of the blocks. And who else am I forgetting? I mean, that's sort of it for the for the most part. So we will see. Okay, next one. Which coach is on the hot seat? Who's uh? Who's sitting on some jazz right now? Got a jazzy ass. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Lee, jazz is hot. Yeah. Lee, 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 I actually think this is a very difficult question. I only think there's one guy, so I'm interested to see who you think. Really, because, did you pick him? Uh, I, bet, I bet we've got the same I bet guy. we do, is but it? the reason I say that, Lee, is yeah. Ben Golliver, he broke it down, right. 16 teams, 16, that's more than half the league, have changed coaches in the 19 months since the pandemic shut down. Mm. The Pelicans and Pacers have executed two changes during that time frame. I mean, this is wild. So there's so many new guys. And like like the mainstays, like Rick Carlisle, Brad Stevens, Terry Stotts, I mean, they've all moved on. Uh, there are five coaches that are hmm. b- with their current franchise since 2018. That's that's wild. So there's not a lot of options, I don't think, because you usually yeah. get a year or two, but where are you going? Well, I think by default then it just has to be Luke Walton in Sacramento. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. because uh, he's <laughs> yep. kind of he's kind of dodged the bullets already up there. And uh, I think again, if the Kings get off to another bad start, I think he'll go. I think what's kept him in the past is the Kings just didn't want to have to pay out another guy who's not coaching them. So they've kind of stuck with him. Uh, but Sacramento, as always, a bit of a chaotic situation. Good players, but, you know, they, they sort of don't seem to be able to string together that consistency that's needed. So I think he's the easy choice. Um, so so let's dig a little deeper and then see if we can make a case for anybody else. Um, I, I w- Look, the Jazz are not going to get off to a bad start, but I was... I thought they may have considered moving on from Quinn Snyder last season for another sort of bad playoff run. If things go wrong there, he's kind of, you know, there's been a little bit of tension with uh, uh, Donovan Mitchell there, but it's just, it's so hard to see because the Jazz are a very good, consistent, uh, regular season team. So I can see them getting out of the blocks, you know, 12 and four, and it's like, they're not going to fire him there. So other than that... They've also had three coaches in 30 years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but 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 then, you know, other than that, I mean, Dwayne Casey just got an extension. Michael Malone, I don't think the Nuggets, unless, again, a, short of a catastrophe to open the season, I don't think they would move on from him. Um, so yeah. there's not really a lot of guys uh, who you think are, are actually... What about Frank trouble. Vogel? Could Vogel get, like... Well, the same Can thing. I mean, if, if the they, Lakers start, you know, sure, terribly. if they, yeah, if they're four and fifteen, you know, then then that's the easiest thing to do. But yeah. uh, again, it's just hard to see the Lakers falling off that I much. Agree. So there's really nobody I would think that's uh, sort of super concerned about their job. They've either got enough time here uh, to get things right, or they're just a veteran who you know is going to sort of get through the season. So I think. Unfortunately, Lukey's uh, going to be sitting there playing musical chairs by himself to start the season. Yeah, I mean, so they haven't made music, the playoffs though. in 15 years. 
They ranked dead last in defensive efficiency. They have to improve on that end. It can't get worse. And and the real kicker, actually, for Luke Walton probably getting canned if they start slow is that the general manager, he came in after Walton's hiring. That's never good. Uh, it's amazing he's still there, as you talked about, Lee, in Monte McNair um, as the GM for that team. So he comes in after the coach is already there. Well, the GM's first thing is like, well, let's get my own guy in here and see if they can do a little bit better with the uh, roster we have in place. So it, it, it does feel like Luke Walton task. Can you make the case for anybody else, or is he the only one? Yeah, I agree. It's got to be Luke. I'd say one thing that's in Luke's corner <clears throat> excuse me, is that he's got a couple years left on his contract, and as Lee said, they don't want to be paying guys uh, left and right to not coach their team. So I think that bites him uh, the rest of the season. I, th- I think Quinn Snyder is in the same boat, um, although Jazz is hot right now. And you said ja- the Jazz are predictable, unlike the Jazz music, which isn't very predictable, yeah, yeah, right? It's, it's just all, <laughs> it's over, all the over the place. place. <laughs> you know, Kelly Dwyer can tell us, you know, you get a, you get a little saxy from this corner, you get a little trumpy from this. Everybody's just soloing at the exact same time. Um, but uh, that's a cohesive unit, and it's uh, like a Boonholzer situation there with Quinn Snyder. Until the playoffs. Right. It it doesn't really matter. He's gonna he's gonna get them to the playoffs, and this could be the year that the Jazz pull it out. Uh, It feels pretty wide open. They are strong. They they got a a stronger bench there uh, with Rudy Gay and made it cheaper in their backup center spot with Hassan Whiteside. They got a little Eric Pascal in the backcourt and on on their bench, I should say. So I'm I'm bullish on them too. Yeah, the fifty two and a half seems like a seems solo for the for the Utah Jazz. Trey, is there anyone so for anyone we're forgetting with the uh, hot seat? I don't think he's on the hot seat because he hasn't coached a regular season game yet, and he's a franchise legend. But the coach people are watching the most is Jason Kidd this mm. year. So I don't necessarily think that you know a five and fifteen start would get Jason Kidd fired from the Mavericks, but people are certainly going to be eyeballing him and seeing how he handles taking over. Uh, as coach for Luca's team, and if it turns into a Kristaps Porzingis post-up sort of scenario, that will be strange to see. It'll be interesting to see if he plays a defense similar to he did with the Milwaukee Bucks when they were trapping all over the place, and it worked for a quarter, and then the other team figured it out and got carved up. That likely won't be the case since they don't have the personnel for it, but... It's going to be interesting to see what Jason Kidd does with the Mavs and if going from Rick Carlisle, a well-respected coach who has had success the entirety of his career, to Jason Kidd, who often has a good year one and then things Mm -hmm. tend to fall apart. Maybe next year we're talking about Jason Kidd being on the hot seat. Yeah, and and I said to lead this question, like, all of these new coaches, they they generally get a year or two, but, you know, the Pacers are an example, Lee, with Nate Bjorkren, where it's like, okay, this guy's the wrong guy. I mean, he's clashing with, be it management or players, or he's a little too stubborn in his ways. And just, I think teams are, they move a little quicker mm. now. Uh, like the world, Lee, really. Yeah, uh, I think Mar- Where I it's think like Maurice- they're, not, they don't, they're, not, they're not as hesitant to be like, okay, yeah. well, we screwed up. Let's get another guy. Yeah. I think Maurice Cheeks in Detroit was the last guy to sort of get fired with not even a season into his career i believe um and he he had coached before but the pistons were like nah this is not our guy so yeah I, you're I saying those team... uh you're saying those cheeks were on fire on the hot seat <laughs> <laughs> they wanted less cheeks not mo cheeks uh so uh yeah I, but but again you, you and, and any coach and willie, ones, willie green's willie green's a good example in new orleans uh, again dave griffin he only had stan van gundy for one season he certainly doesn't want to have to fire right. a coach yeah. after uh, less than a season but he gets a little bit more leeway obviously if zion is out you know you're not going to fire a guy until 
you would think he's at least had his uh, full roster there to work with, or certainly his superstar talent. We're not going to do it here, but Lee, if I were to test you on <laughs> could you name every head coach in the NBA right now as we start the season on Tuesday, could you Could you do it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, let me throw a couple at you. Okay. Uh, who's the Washington Wizards coach? Ah. <sighs> Wow. <laughs> Tough one. You got it. You got it. <laughs> I thought you would ask that. I, I cannot think of one. Yeah. I was hoping you would save Washington to the end. He thought I was going to ask Ansel. him San Antonio Spurs or something. Yeah, Wes Ansel uh, Jr. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Okay, I got one more for you. Yeah. Uh, Orlando Magic. Uh, that is uh, Jamal Mosley. Okay, there yes. you go. Yeah, I, I, I nice. sort of remember because he was, uh, I think he was the Maverick. People thought he was going to take over from Dallas there. Yeah, uh, right. But he was kind of uh, disappointed that they, they overlooked him. So I sort of remember him then getting a job somewhere else. And yeah, Orlando. Uh, and San Antonio Spurs? <laughs> well, that's an interesting one. I know, I think you tweeted something today. It, it's going to be interesting. Will Greg Popovich, you know, step down after he breaks the record? Of uh, right. Don he Nelson, needs twenty six wins no to uh, surpass uh, Don Nelson. I, would I mean, look, he's going to step down. The guy who said he doesn't <laughs> give a crap about records. See you later. I know, I know. Wait, that's the whole Becky. thing with Pop. He's he's the one who never talks about individual achievements and accomplishments and things like that. But I'm surprised. I'm very surprised, in fact, that uh, Becky didn't get a head coaching opportunity. Uh, there were a few yeah. other. Uh, great choices out there and I was very surprised we don't have a female head coach and I know that Popovich has talked in the past we didn't hire Becky to make history but mm-hmm. you know if they're not going to hire her next uh, in that instance maybe yeah. you know I don't know but we'll see it would certainly go against the uh, the grain of Pop to say alright I've got the record and now I'm done but I also think he is hanging around to get that record I think he's this close he's like I may as well now I mean why not do you, you said what? Twenty six wins. Yeah, skates? I was gonna say. Do the do the Spurs win twenty six wins? Mm. Oh, that's what. what they're. I, they're I feel like they're over that. under. It's pretty close. It's twenty eight and a half. Twenty eight and a half. At least what I'm looking at here right now. Yeah. Ooh. So it's close. it's close. They'll probably be better than expected. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. They'll probably win thirty games at the very least. Greg Popovich on San Antonio Spurs. They always do that. A week uh, before the playoffs, Pop just says, "I'm done." Out of here. When, out of here. See ya. <laughs> oh my goodness. It would be very ironic though, like you said, Lee. Like he generally doesn't care at all about individual accolades and <laughs> he only he just wants that all time coaching wins record. He wants to pass Don Nelson and then mm-hmm. he just retires. He's like, I got it, suckers. See you later. Good luck catching me. Um okay, we got two more questions to wrap up part three of our NBA season preview series, but we gotta take our final break to pay the bills. Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.
Back with No Dunk Season Preview. Our next question. It's a silly one. Favorite moment or meme of the offseason slash preseason. You can go wherever you want with this one. Task at a start. What was your favorite moment? Well, Anthony Edwards of the Minnesota Timberwolves, he had a great rookie season, not only on the court, but off it. He was just such a, a lovable guy, a great quote. Uh, he's an enigmatic dude. And he went into the offseason and had himself a real fun time, it seems like. So there's there's a few parts to my answer here. Uh, the first part uh, is he was interviewed by uh, Monica McNutt during Summer League. He was asked, uh, you know, what, what, what's he been doing? And, man, I'm just jealous of Anthony Edwards. This guy's just doing a ton. Let, let's take a listen to part of that interview. I got a new hobby, bowling. I'm really good what? at bowling now. Oh. Yeah, very Like strikes? Yeah. Bumpers or no? Two, man, come on, man. <laughs> Like 200. I'm bowling 200 for sure. Okay, that's not what we talked about pre-interview. Tell me about Lake Minnetonka. Oh, yeah, man. You know, I, uh, I got baptized in uh, Lake Minnetonka. I uh, hit a couple backflips, you know, uh, swimming. I'm going back out there real soon. Meet me at Lake Minnetonka, all Minnesota fans. I'm going back out there. Uh, jet skis, everything. We're going to have fun. Can you swim? Yeah, like Michael Phelps. Like Michael Phelps? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, guys, before this gets out of hand, that's Anthony Edwards. In case you didn't know, there's nothing he can't do. Yeah. Multi-talented, baby. Multi-talented. <laughs> the guy does it all. In an interview, just throws out, he's bowling 200, doing backflips. Apparently, during the offseason, he grew two inches from 6'4 to 6'6. His mm. coach said it as well. It wasn't nice. just him. Yeah, that's that's pretty big. Uh, so that, that, that'll help uh, this year. And also... This isn't from this offseason, but I found out that Anthony Edwards' dog is named Ant Jr. Hmm. And when you name a dog after you, that's cool. Uh, and uh, there's a picture Aww. of Ant Jr. And he did a little little black and white session as well. If you're watching on YouTube, it's a cute little dog. So, like, man, this guy's just living <laughs> it up. So what's that photo from uh, last? Uh, I think it's from last. I think it's from 2020 year. is when, when he oh, got okay. the dog. I believe the dog is about a year and a half. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know when his birthday is, but uh, lo- Ant Jr. loves him. He loves it. I think he got him during the pandemic. That's right. That's right. A lot of people got pandemic pets, and I think Anthony Edwards was one of them. Yeah, good. He is hilarious. I could listen to him talk about anything. <laughs> yeah, like, he's so he's funny. Like, yeah. Uh, Let me pitch you a quick nickname for him. Uh, We know he's good at basketball. He says he's good at bowling. He can do backflips. He had that interview last year um, when Alex Rodriguez bought the team, and he was talking about how good of a baseball player he was. Mm -hmm. Why don't we call Anthony Edwards Mr. Perfect? The guy can do everything. Oh, I like it. Well, I like it. If he starts, like, chomping on gum, too, wearing a towel. <laughs> Smacking it all around his neck. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I like that a lot. Pretty That's, good. There's something there. Okay. Uh, okay, so Anthony Edwards, just the star of the offseason for, for Tass Mellis. Lee, let's go to you next. What do you got? Well, I was honestly just going to say, uh, Sean Yu on Twitter just put up his entire feed. He is brilliant at uh, putting up the memes. Have you guys seen? I think you guys ah, must all follow him. I think he's from. A plug uh, for Sean Yu. Ah, every time he puts one up, it's a banger. He had three, I think, just yesterday. He had a couple of great ones out there. So uh, I was going to put <laughs> okay. that one up. But and there were some other really good memes in the summer. One Do you want to explain what they were at least? Like, uh, well, there's we... one about uh, from the office, from the uh, U.S. office, where um, Dwight is in a in a club or something like that having a good time and someone comes up and touches him from behind and then he turns around and he's got this like uh shock look on his face and it was like ben simmons returning to the sixes 
So uh, that was great. Mm. Uh, and he had another one. Uh, I'll let you go and check it out. Uh, for, uh, Michael Jordan from the uh, Last Dance meme that was perfect for uh, a, a, a ridiculous tweet that was going around yesterday. Uh, but yeah, he just he just nails it. It knocks him out of the park every time. I think he was also the one of my uh, one of the ones I liked the most in the summer was when Andre Drummond signed with the Sixers, and everyone knew about the beef history there with Joel Embiid and uh, Andre Drummond. And they when they sort of uh, met each other and they embraced. A lot of people, I think Sean was the first one to put it up anyway, who had the, uh, from the last dance, the Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, fuck you, you bitch sort of uh, yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. So that was a great one. <laughs> but my uh, my meme from the off season is one that was just going around last week. Uh, we talked about it yesterday, the Jason Kidd gigantic collar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know how many, what, when he sort of stopped that, the guy, but it, certainly he wasn't expecting the response it had. It had... Uh, I think almost 200,000 likes in the end when he was just like, all right, I'm done. He's, he basically covered the entire galaxy with that yeah. collar so he could do it no more. So uh, that was uh, hilarious. I thought that was great. It was a pretty good summer, actually, a pretty good off-season for memes and, and everything. So uh, well done, people. <laughs> well done, people. Well, what's a good account of, uh, of people trying to explain memes? There's got to be an account of you know, older people or something. Because uh, it's, it's an impossible... Explainer. It's an impossible feat. Like, yeah. You just can't do it. You know, it's 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 useless trying to explain to me. I mean, so there's got to be a good account of just people like, oh, yeah, there's a guy in a photo and he's looking at a, a guy's butt. You know, it's just, there's got to be one out there. Uh, okay. Uh, I thought that one would come up for sure. I'm glad you went with it, Lee, the uh, Jason Kidd caller, even though it's pretty recent. Trey, where are you going with this one? My favorite moment of the offseason is when the Clippers were announcing their new stadium, the Intuit Dome. In particular, how excited Kawhi Leonard and Paul George were to be seeing this. Feel it in my bones, a classic song. We pan over and Kawhi and PG, this may be the Intuit Dome, but they are not into it Mm. at all. Wait, you said this is a classic song. Who was that? Uh, okay, so I looked it up. I don't know if, who, is, who, is, who is performing this, but I think it's called Feel It In My Bones by Tiesto featuring Tegan and Sarah. Oh, okay. Okay. I know. I, I don't know, know Tiesto well enough to know what he looks like. Mm. Uh, he wasn't an F1 race, I believe, at the Netherlands yeah. Grand Prix, but... Um, I don't think that was him. I don't think that was Tiesto himself, but great video from Arash Markazi and honestly just an incredible screen cap of how excited Kawhi in particular (laughs) was to be there looking over. So good. Steve Ballmer even is not super excited. (laughs) Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, (laughs) Steve Ballmer wasn't standing up grabbing thighs (laughs) at that. uh... Yeah. Little press oh, conference. Uh, remember that, Lee? Oh, uh, yuck. <laughs> what are you talking about? The guy was pumped, man. He was having the time of his life. There he is. I knew he Feel it in my bones. The guy there just grabbing his arm saying, get off me, you creepy old man. Come on, that's weird. Uh, well, my favorite moment uh, of the offseason was also involving the Clippers, also involving uh, this this new arena that they are building. But it was a pers- particular tweet from uh, Arash Markazi that you said there, Trey. And it was, it was this. I'll read it to everybody and show it. The Clippers will have approximately a 27 to 1 fan to toilet or fixture ratio at the Intuit Dome. Steve Ballmer said it will be the most in the NBA and allow fans to take care of their business and not miss a play. There was so much written and tweeted about 
the Clippers having a bunch of crappers in their new arena, which was amazing to me. 27 to 1. Incredible, Tass. Um, that's a great ratio, huh? It's, yeah, it, it is. Seems... I'd like to see a breakdown. Those are just numbers to me. You know, what's every other arena? Well, I think... Okay, don't quote me on this because I did some, like, really uh, shitty, pun intended, research. And... Um, <laughs> I thought I saw that the Jazz maybe have a good one, like an 85 to 1. 85, though. Oh. Yeah, so 27 to 1. No problem, mm-hmm. uh, Lily. So, uh, you know, that that one guy we used to work with, he could definitely, at the arena, if he had to take a crap, take off all his clothes, hang them up in the stall. No problem. No one's banging on it. There's so yeah. many. Yeah. It reminds me of that Curb Your Enthusiasm episode where Larry's assistant is monitoring his uh, toilet trips and uh, it's Richard Lewis's girlfriend. He's like, what's going on? You're going 10 to 14 times a day? And Larry's like, I don't need her monitoring how many times I go to the bathroom a day. It's, a, ah, it's a, They go back and forth. I end with them, uh, Larry and Richard Lewis having a colon contest. <laughs> So, this is, uh, I just couldn't believe how much was like written. I mean, it's the off season, so I get it. But uh, there was, Balmer talked about this. Like, there's like a good couple paragraphs of him talking about all the crappers they're going to have in this new dome. Right? Toilet. He's so pumped. He's like, he's like, you don't got to rush. You'll never miss a play. Yeah. <laughs> just hang out in I mean, there. Are, yeah. Are there screens in the toilet? Is that what you're going to ask, Tass? Yeah, That's a great exactly. follow up question. If yeah. Then you, you, yeah want them on the floor you want people on the floor but i guess if there's tvs in the toilets i mean i don't know if we're spreading rumors but uh sounds like there are well what if uh what if every seat is a toilet <laughs> a one-to-one ratio that would be one to one ratio for your twos during the game the lakers are gonna one up the clippers on this one <laughs> we put a toilet in every seat uh, if I'm not mistaken, eventually uh, pictures of the washrooms came out, at least the the men's washrooms, with urinals, and they have, like, a basketball, like, a free throw lane around it, and then, like, the three-point line. <laughs> no, uh, that was fake. That was hey, fake, wasn't it? Uh, he's basically saying, I want everyone to just piss everywhere except for in the actual toilet thing here. If you're going to have screens up there, and then you're going to have a three-point line there... No one's going to piss in the urinal. It's just going to be like <laughs> everywhere but the urinal is where it's going to go. It's crazy. It's crazy. You want less distractions in the toilet so guys can actually, I mean, they're bad enough anyway at their accuracy. You want you don't want them uh, looking elsewhere so many different times. I thought that yeah. was a, like a joke photo, Trey, but I didn't realize that might be I real. Mean, I, I don't know. They're in a basketball arena. They're obviously very proud of their uh, bathroom surplus <laughs> um it looked fake but it, i yeah. don't know i like to imagine it's real. i thought i've seen that photo before that's why but uh, yeah, probably i maybe so. we'll have to do probably. some research on that well here's a photo you haven't seen another great moment from yeah. the off season on the day that nba 2k was releasing their rankings and all the new stuff for 2k 21 uh 2k 22 sorry evan fournier was not happy Every fucking year, bro. I am sick of this shit. <laughs> and look at the picture they gave Evan Fournier. <laughs> that was Evan Fournier when he saw what they made him look like in yeah. NBA 2K22. Doing the Pau Gasol hoof hand. <laughs> what a crazy Whoa, What happened there? I mean, usually 2K's pretty good at getting the real. Totally, yeah. yeah. Usually but... pretty good. This guy's got no chin and it looks like he's been driving outside for six and a half straight hours okay Mm. um great moments great moments Uh, another fun question remind us guys of your favorite uh 
memes or moments from the offseason or preseason, drop them in the uh, comments below the YouTube video. Let us know in the stream team. Tweet at us at NoDunkSync. Uh, final one. It's also fun. We, we ask this every NBA season preview. Uh, and honestly, we've gotten it right a couple times where we try and predict the next big fashion trend in the NBA. There was the infamous one year where we called uh, turtlenecks. <laughs> we straight up said turtlenecks were going to be a thing, and we nailed it. A lot of guys started wearing turtlenecks. Um, so that is the final question. Biggest fashion trend. Try and predict it. I'll go first, guys, because I actually just saw this recently. And I'm like, yep, an NBA player is going to show up to the arena wearing this. You can lock it in. And it's really weird. I believe it's Japanese. That's uh, uh, who created this. It is the full face sunglasses. Mm. <laughs> now... Okay, quite quite a look. Uh, again, I think an NBA player will show up in this, especially because you know we're in the we're in the mask era right now. Mm, we yeah. are in a pandemic. It is covering your uh, your mouth there too. For those that are watching on YouTube, or sorry, for those that are just listening, we are showing this insane new sunglass that it just covers your entire face, um, sort of sort of Squid Game like, I guess too. So uh, I think this is the next big thing. Trey, would you wear this? Well, Skeets, I recently had to go to Lennox Mall here to get my phone fixed, and I saw a kiosk selling these. There you go. And I was so close to stopping wow. and getting one of these, because, man, how crazy would this look with my giant beard sticking out yeah. of the bottom of it? Um, a very V. Stiviano look, uh, <laughs> if we're being wow, quite wow. honest here. What a throwback, but uh, I think we will see somebody yep. wear one of these. Yep. I don't know. Who would I put my money on? Montrez Harrell. Mm. <laughs> wow. I think Montrez Harrell will wear one of these. Kelly Oubre? Sure. Good he could, call. He could show up in that. I could see that. Yeah, uh, this is a question here. Oh, no, that's not that one. It's this one here. Still with the, don't they fog? I mean, yeah, automatically that would be my first question. Like, mm. you know, it doesn't look like there's a whole lot of room there to uh, for the uh, for your How breath to breathe, escape. Sort of? yeah. yeah, yeah. Huh? Great point. Uh, yeah, I don't. I wouldn't worry about it fogging on the outside. Yeah, I mean, uh, the inside might be a little uncomfortable. But look, you, you do crazy things for fashion. Okay, so I'm calling the uh, full-face sunglasses. Lock it in. That's going to be the new big uh, fashion trend. Lee, let's go to you next. What do you got? Uh, yeah, this is always the toughest question. Uh, it's not a guessing what people are doing. I, I'm, I'm actually going to say uh, I don't have a photo of it, but I've noticed with the Atlanta Braves baseball run, Trey and uh, Larry Luke, they're getting super tall with their hats. Maybe that's going to be... I think, oh, you have got, oh my God. Wow. I think that's Trey's answer. Oh, wow. Yeah, my answer is funky hats, Lee. Oh. Um, for me, it started with uh, seeing Timothy Lawawu Chalamet mm. going to be starring in the new Willy Wonka. Somebody's yep. going to start wearing very weird hats, maybe a top hat, probably Carmelo Anthony. Like you're saying, every win the Atlanta Braves get here, this hat is getting taller and taller, <laughs> yeah. and I know funky hats are going to th be a thing because even Skeets is posting <laughs> pictures of himself wearing an insane hat. What wow. is this? Uh, that that yeah. is honestly like a, a cricket hat from well, Australia. Yeah, it's from green. Australia, Lee. Oh, Jump Top sent me this, yeah. And they said, this might be the most insane Raptors hat ever made. And I'm like... <laughs> like a, lo a lot of people say uh, I look like uh, Waluigi. Oh, totally. Yeah, uh, which is true. <laughs> um... It's a yeah, I guess it is a cricket hat, right, Lee? Is yeah. That... When when you make your uh, debut for Australia in the Test team, you get a baggy green cap, and that's exactly what it looks like. And uh, it gets your little number on it, what number you are to represent Australia, and that's it. I mean, 
Those ones are a little small. That one looks a little uh, bouffanty there, but um, it's the same sort of material, <laughs> same, sort of, same sort of design for sure. Why does this exist is the real question. Like that's... Like, who is making a cricket <laughs> Yeah, no, that's, that's the thing. I mean, for Australia, yes, you want one of those, but uh, for casual wear, no, I don't think so. No, I don't well, think you don't so. think I look cool in that? <laughs> I mean, hats just not your thing. As Keetsy, I think we're friends long enough oh, for me I to say. Uh, <laughs> Damn. <laughs> well, wearing, wearing it actually like you are right now in the podcast format, it's actually not bad. But if when you just put one on, you know, with the, uh, with the, with the peak there at the front, you know, it's just not really your thing. It's just not your style. So, so this is sort of lame, I get it, but I owe two pick and payoffs. Can one of my payoffs just be to wear this hat for a show? <laughs> <laughs> so that seems fair. Because that's... Uh, wow, it's a, a weird look. hat. It's a weird I mean, hat. There's a lot of people in Toronto playing cricket. There's, a, there's some Yeah, cricketers. I used to play cricket in uh, Toronto. It's great. Yeah. 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 Doesn't really make sense. <laughs> I, don't you, I don't think you need to wear a Raptors branded uh, giant cricket yeah. hat out there. But, but yeah. where did they send it from? It was sent from Toronto. It's uh, Dunkop so- is uh, located in Australia, uh, so mm. that's where they got their hands on it. Um, and they were kind enough to send me. Well, the, the hat Trey's wearing, the quarter right. hat. I gave it to him because Lee says I look like crap in hats, so I gave it to him. And, uh, <laughs> got some T-shirts that we'll start wearing on the show too. Okay, so uh, okay, <laughs> we got we got wild hats is basically your answer, eh, Trey? Yeah. Yeah, big weird hats. Okay, big weird hats. Mm. Um, Tass, take us home. You got anything you want to predict here? Well, I'm gonna say hats. Uh, <laughs> I, I do think people, you know, like yourself, Skeets. Experimenting more with hats during the <laughs> pandemic. People were putting on hats. They were sitting at home. Their hair is ugly. They were wondering, how can People I cover this thing up? People just sitting at home putting on hats. Yeah. Their hair, their hair looks nasty. Um, it's getting gross. I'll try on a hat. So I think hats will be pretty prominent. Uh, throughout the yeah, people were experimenting more with the the crap that they had around their house. You you put on that that Raptors cricket hat, yeah. Uh, you know, so maybe they they went deep. Found <laughs> hats. That's a hat. Like Lee, if you're watching on uh, on YouTube, is Nostradamus's Lee. What was what was Lee's hat? What was Lee's name? Was it, it wasn't Lee Stradamus? Was o- Ostradamus, I think. Ostradamus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, yeah, beautiful. So yeah, the hats are gonna happen. We got Timothy Luau Cabarro here in. Atlantic's playing for the Hawks, Trey, so maybe he'll wear that. Get him a top hat. Get him the top hat, yeah. Okay, let's call it there. Uh, <laughs> talking hats, this has been a wild one. You can tell we're at part three here. Some of us will be back tomorrow to answer more burning questions about the upcoming NBA season, part four of our week-long preview series. I say some of us because, guys, it won't include me. I'm sad to say I'll be listening to you guys break it down on part four and five going to sneak in a quick vacation here. Go wear some hats in Arizona is what I'm going to do. Sunny out there, you got to. Oh, some very big hats. Yeah, Uh, yeah, I'm headed there uh, early tomorrow morning, so I'm there till till early next week. I'll be back on Monday. So, yeah, just you guys holding it down uh, for part four and part five. Make sure you subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to No Dunks. Help your boys out with ratings and reviews. Leave your comments and hit that little like button. Also... I'm going to miss this. I'm, I'm more upset I'm going to miss new No Buffs episode, our Survivor podcast. That's on tonight, but we break it down on Thursday around 5.30 p.m. Eastern time with Jason Concepcion. So that'll be Jason, JD, and Trey talking about No Buffs. Ta- or Tass, are you back in or what are you doing? I mean, I know you you watched the episode, the premiere episode. Have you been watching even though you haven't been on the No Buffs? Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. You're that's hooked. a good time. Yeah. That's, a, that's an, an hour? 
It goes by quick. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, just, uh, you got the challenges, you got the strategy, it's flying by. You got all these advantages and disadvantages. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so that's no buffs. That is its own separate feed, guys. If you're a Survivor fan, seek out no buffs, Survivor 41 uh, podcasts. We also, of course, do the YouTube video. It's its own channel there. So go hit that up. Subscribe if you are a Survivor fan and tell your Survivor fans about no buffs with Jason Concepcion. Okay, guys, you have a blast tomorrow. Part four and five coming up later this week. I'll talk to you guys soon. Until then, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, no skeets Thursday and Friday, but I'm sure he'll be bringing us back some hats from Arizona that we'll be sporting next week, right? Yeah, I could do my best. I'll find you guys a hat or two. At an airport? (laughs) Just a bad airport hat? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) You want a Delta hat? I can get you a Delta hat. All right, embrace the day, people. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.